Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us for another episode. This episode, we have Mr. Jay Malik with us. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I cannot complain. So, Mr. Jay Malik, if you can please tell our audience who you are and what it is that you do. Definitely. So, my name, again, my name is Jay Malik. Um, I'm an author, business mentor, I'm a spiritual teacher. Um, I founded the International School of Alignment where I teach people about the spirit of success. And that's the main thing I try to incorporate with my students. Okay. So the International School of Alignment, can you tell our audience more about that? So this was created about a year ago. And 
what we do at School of Alignment is really break down the mental barriers people have when it comes to their success. A lot of people don't know that their their traumas, their pains, all those things that we normalize can be reconfigured in the mind to imagine a new reality. And so we just really work on, again, the spirit of success and creating this new paradigm so you can tap into that greatness that's locked in a lot of people today. So what is your inspiration for starting the the School of Alignment, the International School of Alignment? My biggest inspiration was probably my own journey, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went through my own, like, super, super dark you know, period of depression, suicide ideation, all of these different things. And I think going through that path of darkness and transforming my own mental process, I was like, if I can change my mind from that place to a place of inspiration and forward progress, then anyone can. And I was seeing a lot of people who needed help. I was like, okay, let's just create something that helps people move from a spiritual standpoint. I come from the business background, but even in the business world, most entrepreneurs get bottlenecked when it comes to the spiritual cleansing that needs to happen, the mental cleansing that needs to happen. And so the spirit of success is all about renewing that energy so you can become that version of yourself that you envision. And you don't necessarily see the roadblocks because they're not physical roadblocks, they're spiritual roadblocks. And so getting over those is a major, major accomplishment that helps people push forward. Uh, thank you. There, There is something that you, you just spoke on when you said even with the business. How important is it to be aligned spiritually, mentally? How important is that to the success of business? A thousand percent. It is the most underestimated component to business success. There's not one successful business owner. I mean, you can look at the levels like a six-figure business owner, a seven-figure business owner, an eight-figure business owner, a nine-figure business owner, and you look at the the levels of their thinking, it it all starts from an alignment standpoint, even if they don't think they're that spiritual. Like Warren Buffett, I don't know Warren Buffett's background spiritually, but there's something in his business practice that's aligned that makes him see the end goal and tap into it and make it happen. Right? He's looking at the same stats and the same stocks as everyone else is, but something about him made him more successful. And when you're aligned spiritually, it allows you to tap into that creative space, that imagination that this is not a part of my reality right now, but I can I can go bring it to me, and it, it motivates you, it inspires you, actually, uh, and allows you to really make it happen. And so you need that. And a lot of people don't want to make it. They want to hustle, 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 and they don't have the alignment factor. And so they're just, like, doing a lot of work, but they're not going anywhere. And that's tough. Wow. Yeah, I've, working with Antonio, I've learned a lot. And the biggest thing that I've learned with working is, with him is you attract your customers. So mm-hmm. if you are if you are out of alignment, if you 
you attract, I'm sorry, you attract who you are as customers. So if you're right. the type of person, if you're rude, you're going to have rude customers. If you are, you know, if you struggle with things, you're going to have customers that struggle. And the list goes on. So what, mm-hmm. um, for our audience, because our our audience members are a mix of business owners, employees who are looking to shift from being the employee to the business owner or those who just want to um, raise an awareness or raise where they currently are in, in, in whatever job position that they're in. So can you let our audience know when it comes to aligning yourself, where should they begin? I would say two, two spaces. The, the easiest one to kind of fix or adjust is what is the what is the red flag in your life right now? Because everyone has a something okay. that's like I can't afford to take that to the next level with me. So maybe some business owners don't have their books handled, right? And maybe it's okay for a five figure business owner to do that, but a seven figure business owner with with the books not handled is going to be a bigger liability. So there are some things that are stopping people from progressing, not because they can't progress, but because they don't address the elephant in the room, right? And everyone knows, like, maybe a business owner is trying to be, you know, successful, but they have bad credit. Like, how can you run successful financial operation if your personal finances are in disarray? So it's a lot of different things like that, like, very, very clear, very evident, right? And that's, like, the easiest fix, because as you do that, you'll gain more confidence and momentum. The second one, isn't as quick of a fix um, because it takes a little bit more introspection. But you have to be very, very clear on the value you're providing the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times business owners just want to sell things and not realizing someone has to buy into the idea or buy into the products and buy into the end result that they're getting. So, what is the value? And that value, same way you said that you attract the customers that are most like you. If you're a person who's, you know, hesitant to spend money, it's going to come off in your marketing. It's going to come off in your sales presentations. It's going to come off in your, your branding. But if you're certain of your value and you, you've done that introspection work, the value of your, within yourself, and you're putting that value into your product or service, and that allows you to speak the language of success. Because I'm, I'm offering you whatever it is, even if it's just a restaurant, you're offering them a successful meal, a successful night out with the family. Whatever it is, you know what the value of that successful outcome looks like. And you can sell it because you believe in it. You have to be sold on yourself. You have to be sold on the value you're providing. And that opens up everything. And you, the deeper you go, I feel like the deeper you go. It's like a rabbit hole of never-ending infinite potential as a business owner. It's just how can I increase the value now? It's all about service. If I can just serve more. But if you're a business owner who doesn't address the elephants in the room and you're not clear on the value you provide, you're looking, at, you're looking to take because you're not serving because you're not even serving yourself. You're not even doing the things for yourself that matter to move you forward. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of abstract, but 
there is very clear things to do. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So when it comes to when it comes to the business, and you're saying, you know, you have to address the elephant in the room. When it comes mm-hmm. to when it comes to the business owner and they say, okay, I've, I've addressed the elephant in the room, where should they go from there? So let's say the elephant in the room was, um, let's say it's a six-figure entrepreneur and the elephant in the room is time management, right? And they realize that mm-hmm. they have to, like whatever the elephant in the room is, it's going to open up a door for something. So I'll use like a six-figure entrepreneur, for example. Okay, I'm doing this, but when I really look at things, my time isn't being used efficiently. And the next step after addressing what's what's clear is what is my sacrifice? What do I have to give up to get past the next barrier? So it may be you're a six-figure entrepreneur Maybe you you worked a job and you were making three thousand, four thousand a month, but now you got your own your own thing. But now you have to go pay somebody to do something to free up some more time for you. But you don't want to give up that extra two, three thousand dollars a month because that's eating into your profit margin. So it's so now the issue is how can I create more revenue? How can I expand? And it, it's a new challenge to think differently about the business and how can you scale, produce more value, but you have to give something up. Or maybe you have to give up – maybe you're not optimizing all of your time efficiently, and you need to give up watching Netflix for two hours a day every day. That's 14 <laughs> hours a week you could be putting to business, right? Like it's, right? But you have to give up something. You have to give up, and that's that's the the – it all comes down to sacrifice. I have to give up something. It's going to be time, money, or energy. Maybe it's people. Maybe it's environments. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go to too many networking events and you're not working on your business. You're just a busybody. Like, there's a lot of different things that happen, but that's the next thing is sacrifice. Like, sacrifice is the next door to the next level of success. Like, everyone, before they move forward with something, they give something up. Everyone. And the more you want, the more you have to give up. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are taking notes because the last golden nugget that David Lee just dropped, a true entrepreneur understands what you just said. Mm-hmm. And so true. if you are not ready to sacrifice, you are not ready to have a business, you're not ready to be an entrepreneur, so what would you recommend to someone who is they're looking to start a business but they don't they don't know, you know, they they don't know just yet like what what it what that sacrifice is or they don't know what the elephant in the room is just yet but they do know that they're they they've hit a wall and they mm-hmm. don't know like they honest they're sitting there they're looking at the wall and they're like okay I see this wall but I don't know what this wall is. What what <laughs> what could you recommend for them? This is gonna sound crazy, but it's it's gonna sound like almost ridiculous. But it's going down to the basics. It's going on the basics to the elephant sometimes is like sleep 
are you getting enough sleep every day? Hmm. I, I guarantee somebody who's running into that many, like, that many brick walls, are you getting enough sleep? Are you waking up feeling rejuvenated? And then what are you doing with the 16 hours you have? Like, everyone gets 16 hours every single day. There's no way you can run into, you know, that many walls unless you're just totally idle. So, like, do you keep a calendar of what you're doing? Do you have your goals written down in a way to say, okay, what is my 12-month goal for this business? I'm, I'm going to start this new business. I have a 12-month goal to be at this point. Break that down to four different quarterly goals, and then break that down to week to monthly goals, and to weekly goals, and to daily goals, and figure out what you need to be doing every day to make that goal happen. Because I think a lot of times people get caught up in the big picture of, like, starting a business, but you have to know your daily operations. The same way somebody goes to work, they know what you're going to be doing at work that day. They're not going to be guessing, like, oh, you come in today at, at 9, and then whatever you do, <laughs> you leave at 5. You have a job description for a reason. Because the CEO knows if I have Joe Blow and and Adam Smith over here doing this daily, it's going to help me reach my weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly goals. So you have to identify for yourself, what is my operations? What am I doing? Am I just playing business or am I actually doing the the operations of a business to get me the success I want? That last thing, that last thing, I think we we pass over a lot. I think we believe that we are doing business when we're actually playing business, and we don't. And when it gets too hard, we're like, "Oh, I can't do this. This is too much." No, you didn't. You were playing business, and you weren't being business. Mm. So for <laughs> so for one who is playing business actually want to do the business but does not know how to be business. What would you mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? Simplify. Simplify, mm-hmm. simplify, simplify. A lot of times people want to start a business and it's way too complicated. It's way too it's outside of their league because the the very initial start to any business is I'm a I'm just a vendor. I'm a merchant in the street selling a product or a service. You have to look at what is the most simple form of your business? I was talking to a woman um, last week, and her dream goal is to start, like, a family grocery store, right? She's really good at cooking. She wants to have her own, you know, products and all these different things. But, and it sounds great, but that's complicated. Like, the, at the very base level in the startup world, they call the MVP or minimal viable product, like what is the lowest form, lowest cost, lowest tech addition that you can bring to market to capture value? Mm-hmm. So we shrunk it down to meal prep. Mm-hmm. That's a very simple thing that you can start selling. You don't need anything else. If you just need, if you can do your business with the phone and that's it, you, you're good to go. If you can call someone and say, hey, you need some meal prep? And they say, yeah, you can make a sale. Then you can automate that system and that process. But if you don't know if, you're, if your business is so complicated that you can't run it with one person because you're a one-person business, essentially, and when you first starting out, you're a solopreneur, you're a salesperson. That's your first job is sales. 
I think a lot of times we can complicate it. We can add in, I want my website to look like this. I want my, my logo to be like this. Like, you got to make sales. You need revenue to drive this thing because, remember, and you get to that six-figure point, you need to hire someone else. You're going to be hiring people anyway, contracting out things you can't do yourself, but the main objective is revenue. I need to get revenue in this business so it can breathe and it can have room to hire out so I can grow and expand. And so I think simplifying and focusing on revenue activities, if it doesn't generate revenue and you're just starting out, it's probably not important. Like, not probably, it's not important. Like, your new website is not important because you're going to have to spend money to get people on the website or time. You don't have time to do that. You you have time to get a sale. You need time to make a transaction. So I would say simplify, focus on sales, and make sure probably 85 to 90% of the activity needs to be generating some kind of profit. Like that's mm. everything else will happen after there's money in the business. But that's how you know you got a business when there's money. If there's no money generating, again, you just you have a very expensive hobby. And I've been there in that place. Like I'm doing things that looks cool. I'm posting on Instagram. I'm posting on Facebook. I got a new logo. But it's, that's not bringing no money in. And it's also, it's not bringing in money. I'm not really providing value mm. to the marketplace. Because everybody votes with their dollars at the end of the day. I can like something all day. They don't mean I value it. I just mean post is cool. So yeah. we got to get into I'm in the business of providing value through a solution. And when it's valuable, people will give me money for it. And then I need to expand that operation. But simplifying is, is key. Simplifying is key, ladies and gentlemen. Please make sure you're taking notes. I know when I first <laughs> when I first started my business, there was like this elaborate thought process that went into it. And my business system was all wrong. I was mm. a commission-based company dealing with, in the music industry, the worst possible business system to have in that industry. <laughs> the music business is one of the, uh, one of the worst business models of all time. I don't like it. Oh, it, thank goodness for Antonio. Thank goodness for Antonio because I would have, I would have been, I would have still been in a very, very expensive hobby and not, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not a business. Yep. And I'm so happy you said that because I think we, we mistake the things that we enjoy doing for something that we mm. can go, that we can start <laughs> a business in. It's like the example you were saying about the, the woman who wanted to start the the, the uh, restaurant, but she could cook. And one of the things that I, one of the things that I've learned is while your skill is one thing, it does not necessarily mean that you have the skill for the other. Mm-hmm. So I could I could love basket weaving, and I can <laughs> I can weave a basket all day, the best baskets in the world. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I can run an actual business. Right, right. So that's that's Ford, key. That's key. <laughs> that's right. Key. <laughs> so for those who are so passionate about what it is that they do. 
what advice would you give them if they're like, man, you know, or or they have the family members that are like, man, you're good at that. You should start a business, not really knowing everything that's going to go into it, not understanding the sacrifices that are that's going to take place. Um, I, I love I love photography. I love mm-hmm. photography. But when it came to turning it into a business, I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like right. I don't like right. no I I love it it's it's an outlet but it's not something that I would want to do as a business and I've I've mm-hmm. I've done weddings I've done birthdays I've done headshots I've done photo shoots and it's just something about the business aspect of it that shifts my passion for it. Yep. So <laughs> what advice? <laughs> what advice I'm, would you I give know. someone? <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> so, what what advice would you give someone who's in that position? Like they they've had they have this passion, but it's just not something that they want to do as a business. But they have everyone around them say, "Man, you should do it as a business. You should do this." Like, what what advice do you have for them? So, passion is very very. It's a, it's an interesting thing because we want to live for passion. I would say mm-hmm. passion is something you do for yourself, but purpose is what you do for others. And mm-hmm. business is really about maybe it's not your personal purpose, but every business has to have a purpose. So a business doesn't need a passion, right? Like everyone who works at Apple is not passionate about technology, but the purpose of the business is providing a technological solution for people who want the products. And so if you're passionate about something, like say photography, for instance, Maybe photography, the business of photography, is not what you want to do, right? But there are so many different mm-hmm. avenues. If somebody wanted to stay in that, like, I'm really passionate about photography. Maybe you should teach it, or maybe you should create an online course about photography, create mm-hmm. a little passive income. Like, there are so many different things that you can do to not work. Like, I'm really big on leveraged income. I mean, I'm an author, so I look at every single book created as a, it's a additional stream of income. So maybe you create something, uh, some intellectual property surrounding your passion because you're passionate about it. You can talk about it all day. You can write, you can do a course probably on the end of the day. You maybe write a book on it in three months, and and put that book on your own website or on Amazon, and you can promote that and make some passive income. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to do that, you have to just compartmentalize your passion as a passion. And realize that business is about other people. It's not about what we really want to do. It's about am I providing value to the marketplace? That's the only purpose of the business. It's not to serve our own, you know, dreams of being a boss or I'm doing it my way. I'm passionate about my business. Like that's great. You can do that. You can put that together, passion and purpose. That's amazing. But it doesn't always work like that. And sometimes you can you will learn to get passionate about what you're good at. Like, no one's passionate about something they don't feel like they're good at. So if you're not good at business, at first, you're not going to be passionate about it. But if you learn the game and it's really meant for you, because it's not meant for everyone, everyone can't, like I say, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of, you know, stress, a lot of thinking at a different level. And it's not for everyone to go down that path. And you can help someone else. Maybe you're better being a number two person or a number three person or a number four person or an idea person, but you're not necessarily the CEO. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to figure out 
You have to know who you are. That's where that spiritual thing comes from. You have to know who you are. Am I meant to play this game? And and I look am I looking for passion and an outlet or am I looking for to serve? And you have to have that serve mentality if you want to really succeed because at some point it's gonna be a it's always all about the customer, but at some point you can't scale if you're not thinking about service. You're gonna bottleneck yourself and passion is probably the easiest way to bottleneck a business because it, it it's not really logical. You can't explain what makes passion passion, just passion, but purpose is the way through. You can turn your passion to purpose for other people, hmm. then you then you got a business. All right. Like I say, you turn your passion into purpose for other people, then you have a business. That's one of the – that was the first thing that Antonio had to drill in me <laughs> when, he, when he started <laughs> coaching me and mentoring me was, you know, serving others. Mm-hmm. You, you, life is about serving others. From your business, like you said, if, you're, if your purpose, you have to have a purpose when you have a business. But if you're not serving anyone, you have no business. You can't, right. your, your bank account will be empty because you're not serving anyone. Yep. <laughs> People are voting with, with that dollar. Right? <laughs> What I had to also learn is when it when it came, because you have those who say, well, I'm a natural server, you know, my spiritual gift is servitude. But one of the things that um, I have realized is there's a different type of service. You have selfish servitude and selfless servitude. So when it comes to business, when it comes to your alignment, your personal, spiritual, emotional, mental alignment, how important is it to understand the difference between selfish servitude and selfless servitude? That's a that's a crazy. So define define those two for me. Like, what, how would you define those? Okay, and this is this is from my my own personal understanding of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So being there's first first there's two types of selfishness. You have the selfishness in taking care of oneself so you can serve others and then you have the selfishness mm-hmm. of me, 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 me. At the right, right. at the um at the the detriment of others. So when I'm referring, when I'm saying selfish servitude, I'm referring to the servitude that I'm serving the way I feel you should be served mm-hmm. versus the selfless servitude of I've listened to you, I've paid attention to you, so I'm going to serve you how you want to be served. So, prime example, you. I can't come to you and say, okay, look, this is how I'm going to serve you versus, hey, how can I serve you? Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, that's my understanding of selfish servitude versus selfless servitude. Hmm. You know what's crazy? I think you need a little bit of both. Hmm. I think you need, I think you need, you need to be selfless in in the sense of, 
I'm willing to do what needs to be done to serve you. But you also have to be selfish. It's, it's weird saying that, but you have to be a little bit selfish <laughs> in the sense of you have complete confidence in the container your business is in, right? Like if I go to Chick-fil-A and ask for a leg and a thigh, they're going to be like, we don't do that. That's not what we, that's not what we do here. We got the best ticket sandwich in the market, right? But Be best. so it's like it's like being very very confident in the container and mm-hmm. knowing that the way I I put this thing together selflessly, and now selfishly I have to do it this way. Like, because some people are are very service oriented. Like I'm a very service oriented person, and for a long time I was I I wasn't charging in direct correlation with the value I was giving because I thought I was being, I thought I was servicing people, but I was actually hurting them because I wasn't requiring them to make the jumps they needed to make to actually get the Mm -hmm. full benefit of the service. And sometimes we can, it's, it's a very, you have to balance that as a, as an entrepreneur, like, okay, when I'm going to stick to my guns and be, not stubborn, but I need to just be very, very confident in what I'm providing. You know, there's there's a an era of freedom that comes from not caring. You know, it's, and it's weird. Like I said, you have to care. You have to have a deep sense of servitude, but it's also you have to almost have a blank slate when it comes to, like, how much does the opinion weigh on you from other people, right? That's the only thing that can help you kind of rise is not really like – I always use the example when I talk to, like, people I'm coaching or mentoring, but Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. He's a little bit crazy to believe that he's going to go to Mars, but he's so crazy people start believing him. People believe that Elon's going to get to Mars one day, Right? How do you how do you become a trillionaire? If you're Jeff Bezos. He has to do something. You look at his old interviews. There's a lot of people who are skeptical of what he was doing at the time. Like you have to be a little bit okay with being unconventional or untraditional and doing things your way. But service just has to be in your heart. So you have to have that selfless center, and then the core has to be. This is how I'm going to do. It. I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news and you adjust and adapt of course to the market and things like that but at the core you have to know 
this is how I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to provide value. I'm going to listen. To, I'm going to keep my my ear to the streets in a sense. Like I'm going to know what the market is saying. I'm going to get the feedback. I'm going to pivot this product. Or maybe they really need this. And some of that comes with the initial market research of just knowing what is the real problem. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the market doesn't know what they need. Henry Ford has a quote that said, if you had, had done market research, they would have want faster horses, not a car, <laughs> right? So sometimes innovation requires that, okay, I hear what you're saying, but you're, you, don't, you don't see the problem how I see the problem. So you don't understand the solution I'm trying to bring. And then it's your job, if you want to take that route, it's your job to be a master marketer and a master salesperson to convey the idea of that solution in a way they can believe in it. So Elon Musk saying going, he's going to Mars, maybe people didn't believe him at first, but he's kept, he keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It's like, wow, you know what? Elon might be right. He might go to Mars one day. I believe he's going to get there. And I don't think he's coming back when he gets there. Either. I think he's going to stay there. <laughs> right? So I think it's that, it's that confidence in knowing when you have that breakthrough innovation or you have that innovative solution to provide the marketplace that this is how I'm going to do it. They don't see it yet. Steve Jobs, all these people who have these iconic visions, everybody's vision is not based on, you know, having a vision that large, but sometimes it is, and sometimes we can hold ourselves back sometimes if we think we have to go down a certain path to get the success. Right. Wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. So when it comes to the International School of Alignment, how can when does one know that they're in need of a spiritual, mental, emotional alignment? When does when does one know, okay, look, something's off? don't know what it is, but I need help. What does that look like for someone? Hmm. I mean, I would say we always need it. I think it's a, it's a recurring process. Um, mm-hmm. When something's off, it's been off for a long time. It's just now showing up. <laughs> Which is why I say a lot of business owners get stuck. No, seriously, like, when I say like, business owners right. get stuck because the elephant in the room you're not stuck because you don't understand marketing. You're you're stuck because your brain is thinking about all the stuff that you're not handling. And by the time we get to that point and it starts showing up in our lives in the physical world, that means it's manifested. It, it took its time. It was it was trying to not manifest into the physical. It was in the non-physical world for so long. And it's like, all right, well, they wanted these problems. Here we are, right? And so by that time, you're already kind of behind the eight ball. I think. I look at it as a more of an aggressive approach. Like I want to be proactively pushing my own boundaries. Like I want to I want to proactively get into something uncomfortable to make sure there's a transformation happening because you're gonna get uncomfortable at some point anyway. Either you're gonna be comfortable for too long, and you 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 think everything is good, and then something happens. Stuff don't just happen. You was just you weren't on offense. You were, you were chilling for too long, and then life finally called up to you chilling, and then something uncomfortable happened. Like, something always happened to me. This is going good, and then this happened to me. It's like, no, it was always it was going to happen. 
you just didn't make it happen. So if you're in a good situation, you got to start looking like, wait a minute, am I getting comfortable? Am I, am, I, am I resting on my laurels? Am I hanging my hat on yesterday's success? Because today's a new day. Wow. What am I doing to push my boundaries for today so I can become a new person? And then at that point, you start not getting ahead of life, but you start, put, you start pushing so far that you're prepared for things way before it happened. You're, you're 90 days in front. You're 12 months in front. Your vision to see into the future and look at problems and solutions are going to accelerate because you're pushing the boundaries instead of letting life push you. So I think we always need that, that alignment process because we don't want to align for who we are right now. You want to align to who you're becoming. I think sometimes we just end up people fall out of who they are in a negative compassion instead of a or a, a negative component instead of a positive component. Like I want to change who I am, not because something bad happened, but because something good happened. Like I'm, if you were a six figure entrepreneur, would you rather change because you're a five figure entrepreneur now, or you, you want to change because you're a seven figure entrepreneur? Either way, you're giving something up. Either way, you're sacrificing something. You're going to sacrifice the comforts you have as a six figure entrepreneur. And you're gonna fall back to a five figure entrepreneur, and you're gonna change comfort for stress, or you're gonna change comfort for stress by doing new things that are uncomfortable to you, and then now you're seven figures. So you you mm-hmm. still have to sacrifice. You you still were uncomfortable either way. You're gonna be uncomfortable. There's no point we get in life where we're like, oh well, everything's good. I can just stop right here. That doesn't happen. And I think people are waiting for that imaginary checkpoint of life saying. Everything is good now. Like wow. a great Buddhist teaching is to to be human is to suffer. Right? We're, we're coping with the physical reality because we're spiritual beings. We don't want to we don't want to be trapped by physical bodies, but we're here, and so we we're here to experience life in the most highest frequency we can. And so we have to keep pushing because life is always coming back on us, no matter where we are. That's why people get People are multimillionaires if they get depressed because they're, they're trying to figure out, what does this thing do? I got it all. Why doesn't this life thing make sense? Because they, they stopped working on the calibration. They thought it was all good now. And it doesn't get good and life starts hitting you. You start realizing that everything you've done is not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is how do you unlock the potential within you? How do you become all that you're meant to become? And how do you serve? And how do you stay balanced in the process? Because if you think about it, this is what God has to do every day. Hmm. I have to, I have to keep, I have to keep <laughs> this world together, this whole entire universe, things that we cannot see, things that we cannot fathom. I have to keep all this together and find some kind of meaning in it, which is why we're here in the first place. We're all just direct extensions of God here living out a physical experience because God didn't want to be bored, just infinite, doing nothing forever. We're here trying to experience something new, and we all have different perspectives. We can always learn. There's so much in this world to be enhanced by, whether it's another person or whether it's nature, whether it's animals, whether it's learning something new, whether it's finding a new hobby, there's always something that gives us a new experience. And I think when we stop having new experiences, 
especially when we get comfortable, it caves in on us faster, even when there wasn't success. Because there's not success, you're like, okay, well, life sucks. So you think life is good, and you start getting those anxious feelings, you start getting that depression, you start getting that, you kind of figure out why, dude, I did all this hard work to get here, and I still, I don't feel good. What's happening? No, you got to keep recalibrating. You have to keep aligning. You have to keep moving forward because you're you're not done. We're still alive because we're not done. So there's always a need. It's a constant thing. And I think when you're on the offensive and you're on the, you know, proactive spiritual growth, life happens a little bit more gracefully. It happens. Things come to you more fluidly and you experience in a different way. I think that's all we're trying to do is shape our experiences to to pull out who we're really becoming. Thank you. There was something there was something that you said it was right. I just had it. <laughs> Maybe that means it wasn't for me to. <laughs> oh, you said the checkpoint. How we you, we're all waiting for this checkpoint to say that we have mastered it all or and I'm paraphrasing what you said mm-hmm. I I agree with you on that 100% because I didn't realize that I was doing that until you said that I was mm. like oh okay got it <laughs> brought to my awareness <laughs> understood <laughs> and and I think that's what we miss I think we miss that it's a consistent I think we miss that it's a lifestyle and not a mm-hmm. Mm. seasonal. Mm. You just said something I right think there. that's what it's we miss. Yeah, it's, I was reading a John Maxwell book. I'm trying to remember which one it was. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I realized that this was a lifestyle change. And when he said that, it, it, it made so much more sense to me because we go on mm-hmm. these journeys of self-awareness, self-alignment, you know, growing within ourselves. And then we become these, quote, unquote, woke this woke being, but we stop. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that it's not just a seasonal thing, it's a lifetime journey. And if you are not disciplined enough <laughs> to stay on the journey, you will always catch yourself waiting for the next gun to sound off to start the next race. Yep. Oof. So, <laughs> so we use. When you said that, I was like, oh, Deanna, you're waiting for the gun to go off to run mm-hmm. the next race. And it reminded me, right, it's a, it's a line of lifestyle. Yes. It's, we are not the only beings walking this planet. So we cannot mm-hmm. have, we cannot live in alignment on a seasonal basis. It's always going to be, Antonio tells us that, when you come across people who are not in alignment, they 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 lean on you, and when they do that, they knock you, they knock you out of alignment. It's, it's just like when you mm-hmm. when when someone's walking next to you and they they lose their footing and they fall into you, you're gonna lose your footing. So when it comes to when it comes to the lifestyle of always being in alignment, always. Um, being on a path of personal development, you have to understand that there's some, there's going to be someone that's going to come across your path, and this is when it comes. This is when that selfless servitude and that selfish servitude comes into place. It's like if you are mm-hmm. truly living the lifestyle of 
personal progression and growth, you're going to understand that that person is out of alignment and it is your duty, your job to help that person or either you can say, oh, that's not my business and keep walking. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it it all comes down to the lifestyle. Are you really living the lifestyle or are you going to judge someone else for not even understanding that they're nowhere near the beginning of the process of the healing that they need to become the being that they truly need to become. So yeah. it it really goes mm-hmm. into when you, you got to stop waiting for the gun to go off to start the next race and just keep running. <laughs> and you got to realize there's somebody behind you, not necessarily trying to beat you, but there's somebody looking for you to be a light for where they are. Right. Like somebody, and sometimes you have to be, if you ever been something but a, a good like visual component, but when when there's a light, like a, like a lighthouse or a boat, if the if the light was right up on them, like the light on the boat is not helping them as much as the lighthouse is saying this is where the shore is, mm-hmm. right? Like we all have a little flashlight on your phone, but if there was a you seen city lights. A couple miles out, you're gonna know that's where the that's where the city is. The flashlight on your phone is not showing you where the city is. It can only show you as far as your own perspective. And we need people Holy. to be representations of where we can go. We should all be trying to inspire the next person. That's where the lifestyle comes in. The lifestyle makes you the light. If you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not the, you know, if you like going to the gym one time a month, ain't nobody looking at you for a fitness journey. Because they're like, okay, they don't ever go to the gym. But if you're working out, man, they they did this, did this. They, I'm wearing new workouts. I ain't never worked out. I see them on Facebook doing some workouts. And same thing in business, same thing in spirituality, same thing in relationships, same thing in everything. We're we're just trying to be lights. We're trying to be a signpost, a lighthouse for someone who's maybe they're way further away than than we think they are. Like there are people who contact me sometimes. And just tell me they've been. I've been following me for six months, and I was dealing with this. Like, had no idea you were following me. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I we didn't have a, any conversation, but you've just been watching, or you've been reading, or you've been listening. And because the light was there, you were, you were able to move forward. And that's why we have to do it. Because you have to remember where you, I remember where I was. I remember being in in the basement of depression. And needing a light. And once you find that, you understand the value of growth. It's not what you get out of it. It's a process like that. And that that becomes, like I said, the lifestyle. I want to keep doing that. I want to do it again. And then you realize that your potential is so infinite. That means I can keep going. That is is the, the, the reward. Not the re- the result isn't the reward the process is, and if you can fall in love with the process of growth, everything works out. Everything works out. I, and I, that's I believe that's where a lot of people struggle. They struggle with the process because the process is longer than what they assumed <laughs> it would be. <laughs> like when you were Way saying longer. earlier, I believe you said, "Yeah, boy." I <laughs> I believe you said it was Buddha who said that, um, and I'm paraphrasing, 
life what to be human life yeah it, you know so there's going to be suffering and and one of and that aligns with what antonio uh, the the last couple of months in in his teachings he's been saying you know you can't be a light in the sun <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that way like, that part you know in the and you shine the darker it is, the brighter you shine mm-hmm. so if you are if you have a lot of chaos around you, that means that you are shining so bright and that and like you say you're somebody's guy, there's somebody watching you saying, man. This is where I need to go, and then eventually, mm-hmm. when as they follow you, they'll build up the courage to reach out and say thank you. Or, man, I I'm grateful because of you. I was able to get through this, but just it. The it's greatest leaders, it 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 is. It really is, and we. We we praise our greatest leaders when they're gone because we didn't pay attention to their process while they were here. Mm. Mm. And once that light is gone, we realize just how dark it really was. Wow. And that's and wow. that's been that's been like a, I think for for the for the self. The selfish serve servers, I think that's the hardest thing for them to understand is like there's a process that you have to go through. You're going to go through pain. You're going to sacrifice. You're going to do this. You're going to do that because you are a light. And in order for someone to see your light, you have to be in the darkness. They can't see you if it's mm-hmm. if the sun is shining bright and it's 70 degrees outside with not a cloud in the sky. They can't see you then. <laughs> but they can see <laughs> But they can see you when it's pitch black in the middle of nowhere. There's no moonlight. There's no starlight. And you're the only light that they see. They can see you then. But you... You have to... You have to desire that servitude. And, and I think that's... When it comes to when we're truly in alignment and we're paying attention to what Source is telling us we're paying attention to to that that feeling deep in our gut and not the one that's in our head because there's the the one in the heart to me the the that one that's deeply rooted in the gut that makes your heart ache that's the source mm-hmm. but the the voice in your head you, you gotta you gotta watch out for that one yeah. that, that was a tricky one <laughs> <laughs> that was not a play you <laughs> really because of those those conversations will drive a person crazy. But <laughs> but when when you are aligned, you understand that when you're gutting your heart, when that gut feeling reaches your heart, it's like, okay, this is what I need to do. Like the, like when someone randomly just pops into your your heart. Like I tell people, I'll text someone. I'm like, hey, you crossed my heart versus you crossed my mm-hmm. mind. Because if you cross my heart, like it means you're going through something. If you cross mm. my mind, that just means you were a thought. But if you cross my heart, mm. the source is telling me that person needs you to reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so awesome. when you are truly, when you are truly in alignment, when you are truly mentally, physically, 
spiritually and emotionally aligned, like you said, you open up all the possibilities of who you could become and what you can become. You can become that light and that darkness, and the darkness won't bother you so much because you understand, like you were saying earlier, your purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it just is. It, I thank you for what you're doing because we don't we don't pay attention to that part. We just think you wake up, you you go to work, you go to school, you pray, you go to church, and you just continue the routine, but we don't understand that there's so much more to it. And if we actually pay attention and listen, we'll realize that we're so much more. And we do, each person has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. You're not just a random hiccup <laughs> that was put here. You literally have a purpose. So I thank you for what you're doing because once we align ourselves and we understand that there's so much more and things are bigger, maybe just maybe we have the possibility as a as beings to mm-hmm. be one and actually have peace within ourselves and within others and we'll treat each other a lot better. The world will change. It really would. It really would. The world will change. So Mr. Yeah, J Moves. <laughs> oh <laughs> so so Mr Mr. J Malik, what if there is one thing that you could leave our audience with, what would it be? One thing, I would say belief and belief, faith, knowing this, but it's it's just understanding there's an infinite potential. Like everything is possible. And you have to really, like, honestly believe it, honestly, truly, truly accept it. Sometimes you have to turn your brain off to where you're not thinking about it. But just believe, no matter what it is, whatever the circumstances, the scenario, if there's a problem, there's a solution created for it. Nothing in the universe is created without polarity and without balance. So if there's a problem, there is a solution. There's a there's a hurt, there is a a, a triumph. If there's an obstacle, there is a, a, a way to overcome it. So it's just, no matter what it is, just believe believe in the positive momentum and just start moving there and things will change. Things always change. It's the only constant in the universe is change. So just believe in the positive change and dedicate yourself to it and anything is possible. All right. And Mr. J. Malik, how can our audience find you? You can find me. I'm usually on Facebook. Um, Facebook name is j.malik at jmalikcoaching on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also go to my website, www.jmalikteachings.com. That's teaching with an S. So J-M-A-L-I-K-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S.com. Awesome, awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, we will definitely put that in the show notes. If you did not catch that, we will definitely have it in the show notes. Mr. Dave Malik, thank you so very much for joining us today. I really hope that our audience was taking notes and will understand the importance of being in alignment, how it affects your business, but just overall lifestyle health. 
So thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any final words? Oh, you're so very welcome. You're so very welcome. Do you have any final words for our audience? I'll let you close us out today. Um, I said just keep believing. Um, no matter where you, I've, I've I've been through depression, I've been through addiction, I've been through a lot of different things, and when you make that change, you commit to it. Just know it's a long term process, but when you get there, you become the light for someone else, and you understand the bigger picture of why you're going through what you're going through, and you will be the light for someone else who's going to be going through a similar situation to you maybe two, three, four, five years from now. So just keep going, keep pushing, keep prospering. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Secret to Success Podcast.
when the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I. I T E R zip recruiter dot com slash B to B.
promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.